you. Thank you very much. Good morning, everyone. How are you doing? You okay? Well, listen, it's, it's wonderful to be with you uh, today, and I just want to honor Vicki and Barry and uh, say a big thanks for having me and the family here today. And, um, you know, you've got some amazing pastors in this church. Can I get an amen? I mean, these guys are probably some of the most supportive, encouraging people that, that we've met for a long time. And uh, it's, I think it's incredible how God brings people into your world at a specific, you know, crossover point in your life to help you navigate uh, something fresh and something brand new. And they've definitely come into our life at a really pivotal time with us pioneering a church. Um, uh, we've, we've been pioneering a church it's been a year now since we started our church, and these guys have just been full of encouragement and have blessed our world immensely. So it's a real privilege to be with you today. We're going to have some fun in the Word. I'm actually going to bring this down here. Is that cool? And uh, I don't want to be high and lifted up today, because only Jesus is. Amen. So, and, and of course, Adam. <laughs> so uh, we'll, just, uh, we'll just get where we're going. Fantastic. Well, listen, take your Bibles out today. Um, I want to teach you some good stuff. So let's turn to Luke chapter 8, and let's get in the Word together. Luke chapter 8, and then we'll get where we're trying to go. Is that okay? Is this microphone feeding back? All right. I like a bit of feedback anyway, Barry. The rock and roll in me. <coughs> oh, I just got this water. Luke eight, are you there? Now, have you have you? Um, I want you to put your thinking cap on today, yeah. Um, because I I want to teach you a few leadership principles that I think will benefit uh, all of our lives today. So I want to kind of get a little bit deep on you today because. I believe that where, <clears throat> where you're going, obviously, as a church and as a ministry will require some of the things that I'm going to speak to you uh, today, which will be very helpful, which have helped me over the last 20 years of being a Christian. <clears throat> I got saved out of a really, really dark place. Uh, I got born again on the 26th of August, 1996. Um, I'd grown up working in the entertainment business for many years on uh, a couple of big shows that had brought me into the UK, and um, I was messed up on drugs and alcohol. I was a heroin addict when Jesus met me, and uh, I was a, a bit of a mess. I was 26 years of age. I know I don't look a day over 27 now, but <laughs> hey, so this is 20 years ago. Anyway, so I was, I was 26, and uh, I was a mess, and... Um, you know, Jesus broke into my world in a spectacular way. I, I got saved at an ex-girlfriend's house in her bedroom, and uh, of all places. And Jesus met me there and delivered me from alcohol addiction and, and, and uh, heroin addiction. And then um, I got plugged into Hillsong Church in London. Um, but some of the stuff I'm going to teach you today, really, I needed to take on board very, very quickly. Um, the title of my message today is called Reading the Moment. Reading the Moment. And I think we've got to be fantastic at reading the seasons and moments in our life because 
each season requires something different for you and from you in terms of separating from what is not working, adjusting your life and connecting to what is working, whether it be circumstantially, situationally, or relationally. You know, we've, we've got to adjust our life as we go to serve the call of God that is on our life. Amen? So listen, let's read from Luke chapter 8, verses 19 through to 21, and then we're going to draw some thoughts from this. Uh, it says this, Then his mother, then Jesus' mother and brothers came to him, and they could not approach him because of the crowd. And it was told him by some who said, your mother and your brother, sorry, your mother and your brothers are standing outside desiring to see you. They're standing outside desiring to see you. But Jesus answered and said to them, my mother and my brothers are these who hear the word of God and do it. Those that hear the word of God and do it. They're my brothers. They're my mothers. That's my family. Let's pray. Father, we love you. We honor you. We thank you for your word. Lord, your word is quick. It's powerful. It's sharper than any two-edged sword. It pierces to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit, of joints and marrow. It's a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. Lord, I pray you'd speak by your spirit and by your word today. Anoint these lips of clay that they might propel the truth of your word. In the name of Jesus, and everybody said, Amen. Well, the, the Bible is a book that's, it's not just informative. It's a book that's revelatory. It's a, it's a book of revelation. And the Bible speaks to us on multiple levels. There's such a depth and a quality in its pages that a passing glance will not suffice um, in it enabling us to understand its contents and purpose. You see, the, the Bible emits on another frequency, and those who don't have an ear to hear what the Spirit wants to say to them will miss what God wants to do through their life and through the church. The Bible speaks a language that is of another world. It's not from this world. It's of another world. And though its concepts are simple to grasp, they're often foreign to a mind that has been immersed in this present age. Amen? That's why some people struggle to read the Bible and receive from it. Because there's many blockages within them that hinder the Word of God from taking root. However, what they fail to realize is that the Word of God is the very thing that will remove the hindrances uh, that, that are within their mind, that are within their soul, that are within their heart, and that will cause them to live a life on a much greater level with purpose and joy and, and freedom. A life lived on God's level. Who wants to live on God's level? You know that you can do that. We can have the mind of Christ by the word of God interrupting our thoughts and our life by embracing it, we can think on God's level. That's why God encouraged Joshua to meditate on the word day and night so that he would prosper and have good success. Why? Because he would be tuned into heaven's wisdom and flow and not the flow of this present 
fallen age. So our success lies in immersing ourselves in the word of God. That's why when I first got saved, all I did was learn scripture. Because I'd spent 26 years of my life filling my head with mostly nonsense. With junk that I needed to get rid of. So I would learn scriptures like the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. And yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I'll fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thy rod, thy staff, they comfort me. Thou preparest a table for me in the presence of my enemies. Thou anoints my head with oil. My cup runs over. Surely goodness and mercy will follow me, and um, I'll dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Um, We've got to learn the Word of God, and we've got to get it on the inside of our mind and on the inside of our heart. Now, there is, I think there are some passages of Scripture that if you spend time soaking in them, they'll speak to you about the thing that's below the surface. And I think God's a God of incredible depth, and I think we have to train ourselves to delve beneath the surface of what first appears. At times, what we first see is serving as a signpost towards the real thing, that God wants us to see, that he wants to communicate to us. And I believe the passage of scripture that I just read is one of those passages of scripture. So on the surface of what we just read, we see a family that simply wants to visit their son, that simply wants to visit their brother, and we could easily write Jesus off And his response off as being rude and being harsh. When in fact, if we delve a little deeper, we'll we'll understand that his response is completely appropriate. It's completely right. It's tempered beautifully. And uh, so let's look at the environment that that, uh, we just read. And then we can ask ourselves a few questions and be helped and encouraged by, uh, by some thoughts today. So... We've got Jesus ministering in this passage of scripture. There's a great crowd around him. People are being healed, no doubt. People are being helped. People are being encouraged. And then we've got his family outside who are trying to talk to him, vying for his attention. And he must be inside a venue like us today because they wouldn't be waiting outside if he wasn't on the inside of a venue. But I stared at this passage of scripture for a while and I asked myself a few, myself a few questions which I want to share with you today. And the first question was this, why did Jesus disregard his family? And why do we need to disregard certain things in our life? That was the next question that I asked myself why did Jesus disregard his family and why do we need to disregard certain elements in our life and I came up with this are you are you still with me cool the first thing I came up with with was it was time for Jesus to display his divinity and not his humanity it was time for him to display his divinity and not his humanity. And I believe some of you are in this space 
right now. Jesus understood that the people needed his divinity in that moment. And anything less would have been a distraction. And I believe that we all need to learn how to read the moment and what it requires. Because Jesus was able to read every moment perfectly and beautifully. The crowd were pressing around him. There were miracles breaking out. His presence was there to heal. There was wisdom flowing. And the fact that his family came to interrupt that in his life would have been a distraction. Because his mom and his brothers would have spoken to him as son or brother instead of Lord. And Jesus knew that he needed to keep them on the outside so that they didn't downgrade or cripple what God wanted to do through people's lives at that particular uh, junction in time. You know there's certain relationships in your life which will interrupt your flow and will distract you from getting on with the job at hand. And Jesus knew how to put relationships in spaces that would benefit the call of God on his life. The people needed Lord. They didn't need brother at that stage. The people who were pressing towards him needed to see Jesus in a certain light, not the light that his mother would have put him in, him having grown up in her house for 30 years, of calling him son, putting him in short pants, asking him to fix a table because he was an, uh, an ex-carpenter, or to get involved in busying himself in certain aspects of her life, it wasn't the time for that. And my question to you is, are you reading the moment and what the time and season requires in your relational spaces, in your ministry spaces, in your business spaces, in your family spaces? You see, there are environments in your world that require your divinity and not your humanity. And I think we can often get these mixed up and we can create a dysfunctional environment. Can I get an amen? Because I think there's a time to be boss and then there's a time to be friend. Yeah? There's a time to be leader and there's a time to be a follower. There's a time to expose your weakness to the right people. But then there's a time to display your strength. If Jesus allowed family into his environment, it would have interrupted his flow because some relationships put you in a box. And thou shalt not move from that box because I know you as this. I don't know you as that. I'm not familiar with that, so I'll keep calling you this. I'll freeze you in time. You are this. When you're trying to evolve to that and flow in that and work in that and help people with that, and that's where your calling is, and that's where your anointing is, 
and that's where your resource is, and that's where your money is, and that's where your time needs to be right now. Jesus knew that he needed to flow in his divinity, had three short years to wrap up his ministry and change the planet for all time. You know, family is derived from the word familiar or accustomed to. Familiar, another word for it, is informal, ordinary, plain, recognizable, routine, usual. Now, Jesus was anything but that. There was nothing routine about Jesus. In fact, it was dangerous to hang out with Jesus. Amen? Because you never knew what he was going to get up to. Was he going to interrupt a funeral by raising the dead? What was he going to do? Next, was he going to walk on water? Was he going to offend a Pharisee? Was he going to call Lazarus out of the tomb? Hanging out with Jesus was hot stuff at the time. So you better be ready to be freaked out. Amen? And there were other aspects of Jesus as well. We're not going to focus on those today where he did display his humanity. And he connected with his disciples and many people on that level. And that's beautiful. But not in this particular moment. This moment didn't warrant the familiar. It warranted Lord. And my question is, what does the season warrant? What do your relational spaces warrant? Do you keep downgrading who you are to be a buddy and to serve an agenda when you should rise higher and you should connect to a different frequency that God is wanting you to live on, speak on, conduct your life on, to come up higher and be more statured, but you keep downgrading yourself and I believe that God is saying, come up higher church. Jesus had enjoyed 30 years with his family. Jesus had nothing to prove when it came to family. But this was a time to outwork his destiny and calling, not his history. Let me say that again. This was time to outwork his destiny and calling and not his history. Amen? So often we live in the past as opposed to living in the moment and living in the future. Jesus knew that he had a limited time to display his ministry. You know, I... I <laughs> I think when we start to talk like this, there's always those people that, that, that say to us, hey, don't forget your roots. Don't forget where you come from. Don't forget me when you get all rich and famous. Don't forget your hometown. and all." I did, but I just don't think that's the issue. I, it's easy for me to remember where I've come from. I'm trying to forget most of it. Like you. I'm, I'm, I'm trying, more energy, there's more energy in me that's trying to attach to where I'm going, to who I, I can become, to who I, I'm striving and longing to become in God. It's taking more of my energy and focus to do that than looking back, looking in the rear vision all the time. I've got enough things around me that remind me of that. All I need to do is is, uh, is, you know, hang out with the, the wrong people. Uh, or, you know, I went home to, a, to Australia for my mum's 70th birthday 
a few months ago and oh my lord hallelujah happy birthday mum i love you but i bumped into some people down there that reminded me of who i used to be and i thought oh lord jesus thank you for saving me <laughs> and god bless them all you know and and uh thankfully i've had an impact on some of their lives but my lord i wonder where i would have been at 46 years of age now had i not have met jesus I would hate to think. Um, you know, I, I, Jesus, Jesus' family had him live, had God, had God living at their house for 30 years. Could you imagine that? Waking up in the morning, living with God. At breakfast, <laughs> living with God. Seeing God brush his teeth and comb his hair in the, in the morning and... And now his brother and mother are turning up and trying to remember, uh, you know, remind him of all of that. He, he just didn't need that in his world at that particular time. The call of God, church, calls us higher. Amen? It calls us to leave safe, familiar shores of mentality. And it causes us to fly like an eagle on another level. Like Abraham, you've been teaching about Abraham. Abraham was told to leave his father's house and go to a land that God would show him. Amen? And I think we need to do the same. And I've, it's time to spread your wings and fly. And I think we have a, a tendency to want to normalize God. And I think we've got to stop that in many respects. God is anything but normal. Uh, we want to relate to him by labeling him as a brother and a son. And yes, that's true to a degree, but God is way beyond what we label him to be. He is unsearchable. He is unfathomable. He is more holy than his holy places. Uh, God was here before there was a who, what, when, where, or why. God existed before all of that. And uh, let me just say, add to that, you are far beyond what people label you to be as well. And you've got to understand that. You are multifaceted. You are multi-layered. And anything is possible for a person who chooses to believe in the Word of God and in the call that is upon their life. You know, all the growth is in you. God ain't holding you back at all. Circumstance might try to hold you back. People might try to hold you back. Your postcode might try to hold you back. But God is not trying to hold you back. He's trying to propel you into your destiny. Amen? We need to remember that there is unfamiliar terrain that God wants us to explore. Unfamiliar terrain that is not kin, not attached to your flesh, but it's kin to your calling. Not kin to your postcode, but kin to your heavenly address. Not kin to your background, but kin to your future. So like Jesus, we have to work out whether this is a force that will form my future or a force that will limit my growth. Is it kin to my destiny? So we need to have conversations like this um, with ourselves. And some, con some conversations are best kept on the outside of the door like Jesus kept them on the outside of the door because A, they have an emotional pull on you. Amen? 
B, they have an ability to call you back towards comfort. C, they can pander to your past and not your future. D, they may put you in short pants. E, they might even seek to manipulate and control you. Hello? Because people can do that to you. F, they have an ability to talk you out of your decisions. And G, they create a safe environment, a safe place rather than an environment of risk. And you're not going to grow at all if you do your life in a safe, comfortable family environment all the time. You've got to get out and get some risk in your life so that you can touch the unfamiliar in your life. Is that okay? Can I have some water? Oh, here we go. Thank you. Is that cool? Great. I've just got a few more thoughts, and then we'll land this baby. Lord, I rebuke every cold in this place, every flu, every symptom in Jesus' precious name. Be healed, all of you. Amen. Number two, I think the second thing we've got to ask is where am I? Where am I? Ask yourself that question today. Where I know you're sitting here, but circumstantially, where am I? And what does this moment require? Jesus knew exactly what the moment required. And it required his full focus and commitment in getting done what God wanted to get done in that particular space in time. It required his full service, his full energy, and it required a, a certain mindset of I'm on the job. God's got a job for you, church. There's a call of God on your life, and you've got to ask yourself, where am I? Because where demands a different cap on your head. What does this environment ask of me? What responsibilities do I carry? What is my goal? What is the purpose of my presence being here? What can I add to my where? You see, you can't birth a supernatural destiny in a natural climate. You've, you've got you've to have a certain mindset around you. That's why Jesus had to leave his Nazareth. Because no miracles could happen in Nazareth. Because the people saw him a certain way. Fred over there used to kick a football with Jesus at school. And knew Jesus in a particular way. Harry over there used to hang out with Jesus and ride bicycles around Nazareth. And get into trouble with him or whatever. God kind of trouble. <laughs> so you've got to work out where am I? And I think your where needs to serve and obey your divinity and your calling. Because your where responds to who you are. So your where will stay the same if you stay the same. That's a big thing. Your where will stay the same if you stay the same. Because you attract what you are, not what you do. Amen? That's why all the miserable people hang out with miserable people. That's why all the happy people hang out with happy people. That's why all the leaders hang out with leaders. Because you attract what you are. Amen? So if you can change who you are, it will affect where you are. Amen? That's why we need to change who we are. Our decisions. 
how we see life, how we respond, how we react. We, we've got to go to God and change who we are so we can change where we are. Tell them I said hello as well. <laughs> Hallelujah. Praise God. Okay. My last point. How long have I got? Three minutes? Two minutes? Am I over time? <clears throat> Come on. We're all good. Well, let me just say this. You know, a chameleon changes color to serve their environment. Yeah? To hide. But your environment will change color to fit you if you can change who you are. Amen? We want to change where we are with, with who we are. That's why Jesus would not allow the people to see his familiar. Because it would have downgraded, it would have crippled and stunted their ability to be able to receive from another level from him. Jesus was a master at creating environments. If you can create the right environment by being the right person, people will be able to receive from you on another level. Amen? And I believe that that's what Jesus wants for you in this season at Hope Church in Warrington. And hey, can I get a witness in witness? <laughs> Praise God. I'm just trying to keep you awake. Amen. Okay. Number three. Everybody say number three. My third point is this. You can't cleave when it's time to leave. You can't cleave when it's time to leave. Jesus had connected to his calling. He was joined to it. And because he had given himself to it, it demanded his full commitment. And I think some of us today are still cleaving to certain mindsets, people, and ways of doing and saying things when it's time to leave and build towards your future. You know what? I used to get a phone call from my family when I first became a, sis a, a uh, sister. <laughs> when I first became a Christian, Lord Jesus, help me. I used to get a phone call from my family, and my, my wife can vouch for this, and I would go down the tube for weeks. Because I was so emotionally connected to what they felt, what they said, what had happened, that it used to send me into bouts of depression for weeks. And I, I, I couldn't come out of it. It was so difficult because there was something in me that was, was tied to their perception of the past or what had happened. I had to leave. I couldn't cleave. Now, when I say leave, I don't mean physically most of it. I mean emotionally and I mean spiritually. And we can do this on multiple levels. Jesus didn't cleave to his mum and his brothers. He knew who he was and he knew what the moment required. So there was a part of him and of course he loved them. This, this is, and this just isn't about family, by the way. This is about other relationships. It didn't mean that Jesus didn't love them. He just knew that he couldn't be controlled or manipulated in a negative way by some relationships. Amen? And that's what I'm getting at. So you can't cleave when, when you're meant to leave. Genesis 2 and verse 24 says, Therefore a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife, and they shall become one flesh. And that's what God wants for you. 
He wants you to become one flesh with your destiny and with your calling. Now, God was speaking to Adam in this respect, and he was referring to Eve. Where did Eve come from? Where did she come from? She came from inside Adam. Eve was part of Adam. Your destiny is part of you. It's placed inside you by God. And God is trying to get you to attach to your Eve, which is your destiny, which is your divinity, which is your calling, which is your future. And within that are dream relationships, are dream opportunities, is dream provision. God is trying to get you to cleave to your Eve and leave certain elements and relationships behind you so that you can reach forward into your destiny in Jesus' name. And somebody said, Amen. So, I believe in order for you to flourish and grow, we have to be willing to change who I am, where I am. We have to be willing to embrace our divinity and not our humanity in some aspects. We have to know where we are and what the moment requires. We have to read the moment. And we, know, uh, we have to know what to cleave to and what to leave so that we can serve our future. In Jesus' name, and everybody said amen. amen. Let's stand to our feet. And I want to pray for you. We're going to get the band back up. And uh, we're going to sing a couple of songs of worship to go out today. But before we do that, I just want to pray for you because I think some people desperately need to leave some things behind in 2018 in Jesus' name. Let me just, uh, let me just jump up here so I can see you all. Well, if this message helped you today, I want you to raise your hand. Look at all these hands. That's fantastic. If it spoke to you in any way. I know it's a little bit messy, but it's, you know, early on a Sunday. So, um, Father, you see all of these hands here today. Father, these people have got hungry hearts. They want to reach forward into their destiny today, Father. Lord, I thank you for, uh, for the wisdom that hopefully has been spoken today. And Lord, the encouragement that has been spoken Father, I pray that you would help them make some difficult, challenging decisions today, Father. Lord, I pray that there would be a spirit of readjustment uh, in their world, in their minds, in their hearts. Lord, I pray things would change quickly. Lord, I pray that there would be such an ease to what they want to do in terms of letting go and grabbing a hold of their future and their destiny, Father. In Jesus' name. Lord, I pray that you would help them come up higher. And I know that as they make these key decisions, God, they're going to hear from heaven on a different level. Lord, they're going to see things, hear things, know things, bump into things, beautiful things, higher quality things, Lord, in their life. I know that as they readjust these things, Father, things are going to happen for them. Lord, there's resources that are going to be released. New relationships which are going to come. New opportunities. Doors are going to fling wide open, Lord, as they make these decisions to change who they are to benefit where they are. Father, pray you'd bless them, strengthen them, equip them, 
Lord, fill them with joy in your presence today, I pray. In the mighty name of Jesus, and everybody said, Amen and Amen. Just quickly before we sing, if there's anyone that doesn't know Jesus here today, I want to tell you that he loves you. He's got a plan for your life. The Bible says that he's got a future and he's got a hope for you. Who wants a future and who wants a hope? Me, man. I made a mess of my life before I met him and he's changed my life. So if you're here today and you don't know him, I pray that you would know him. And I pray that you would ask him into your heart to be your Lord and to be your savior. Is there anyone who doesn't know Jesus here today? Why don't you just put up your hand and acknowledge that's me, Mark, and I'll pray for you. Is there anybody here today that doesn't know Jesus and wants to invite him into their life? Well, if you are here and you've, you're a little bit embarrassed or not courageous enough to do that, why don't you ask the person that you've come with today uh, all about Jesus and all about inviting him into your life because he's got a great destiny for you. Amen. Did you enjoy that, church? Fantastic.